If you're an entrepreneur who's not on top of your business finances, you need a good dose of FreshBooks in your life. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy cloud accounting software made specifically for small business owners who need to find a better way to deal with their paperwork. It literally takes about 30 seconds to create and send a polished professional looking invoice. They can even show you whether or not a client has looked at the invoice you've emailed. With two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online as well. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> my name is Thomas. I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew, who I'm sure does not understand that catchphrase any more than I do. Mm, I uh, don't, but I agree. What are you drinking? I wouldn't take any. Well, I might take them but not as payment for things just to prop up your, t- your dining room table. Yeah. Mm. Look, a wooden nickel, you know, those like in coffee shops, there's those wobbly tables. Yeah. That could be the fix. There you go. Usually I just wad up a napkin, but Hey, the wooden nickel method is the classy man's method for fixing a wobbly coffee table. You know, uh, I, we were, Laura and I were engaged or something and we were at this fancy place or no, ah, it was Laura's birthday like a year or two ago. We're at this fancy place and uh, the table was wobbly and the guy had this like plastic wedge he stuck on the table. I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. And And he's like, here, take one. And he gave me one. And I just, I, I should carry it with me. Anytime we go to restaurants and the table's wobbly, I just stand up, whip it out of my pocket. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's like the MacGyver of eating out. <laughs> but then you're the weird guy who's walking around New York City with a plastic wedge in his pocket. <laughs> Is that a plastic wedge in your pocket? Or <laughs> God, you're, you're the worst. Always be prepared. Dude, I'm drinking a vanilla porter. Uh, it's from uh, Fine Colorado Beckenridge Brewery. I have had it before. It is so good. Yeah. Um, it, it's just really, really good. I, I'm addicted. Is the one that Matt got when we ate there, I think. Because we went and ate it. Breckenridge. That one? Well, it, it was on tap. Oh, it was on tap, true. That doesn't give me much information. But yes, I'm pretty sure that either he or Stephanie got the vanilla porter. Mm. Uh, I was not feeling up to drinking, so I think I just got water that time, which is kind of kind of sad. Speaking of speaking of Matt, what are we talking about today? Well, first we need to up the quality of the podcast, so I'm going to add a little sound effect here. Oh wow! But now people are going to think it's an ad, so that's true. (laughs) Which at this point, I talk about Lacroix enough that they should sponsor the show. Mm. Come on, Lacroix. I mean, I haven't even reached out to them. I can't act frustrated. How, how did Andrew get rich? LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix sponsorship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got some of that LaCroix money. The only non-alcoholic drink ever featured on this show. Well, that's not true. We had a... Uh, water. Had that was a shitty drink. Water, coffee. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm really excited for this episode because we've, we've been asked to talk about how to move your life from one place to another. Like, I think specifically moving... Someone heard that you were talking about your move mm-hmm. and um, they wait, what? I've been pretty open about the fact that I'm moving to Denver mm. in April of next year. So I think someone was specifically curious about that because they want to move to Denver themselves. Mm. But I thought we would turn it into an episode that's more general and just we're going to talk about a five step process for moving yourself to a new location. 
whether it be Denver or Calgary or Paducah, Kentucky. I don't know. Wherever you want to go. Prague. So now just before we start, um, where – so you don't like my whole like pre – actually, jump into it and I will work my stuff in. Okay. I, I am nimble. Are you? You're very nimble. Yeah. So you, you got a few things written. I wrote a lot for this. I know you like you. You. I saw you take control of the note, and then you pasted it in this whole thing. And I was like, oh, yes. I don't have to do any work. <laughs> so, if you want to move to a new location, I think the first step is you have to choose that location. So this is going to vary from person to person because obviously, mm-hmm. if you are relocating to a specific place because of the military or a job or school or your spouse is doing one of those things, you're skipping that step. You're kind of set on where you're going to go. You kind of have, but in my case, I work for myself. I can go wherever I want. I just want to leave Iowa. Mm. So that meant I had to choose a new place to call home. And that meant there's a lot of research to do. And I think I kind of made my decision before doing a ton of research, but then I I went back and started doing a lot of research. So just to kind of give you guys the history, I've traveled to many different places for work. And the one kind of location that initially popped into my mind was San Diego. Mm. Because I want sun and I like skateboarding. And I've always wanted to live either near mountains or an ocean. So San Diego, I just went there for a little mini vacation and thought it was cool. So Anna and I sat in a coffee shop and I remember you texted me about this because mm. she was like really wanting to move out of our house and just get an apartment with me. And I didn't want to do that yet. And you were like, dude, just sit her down and make a plan with her about actually moving what's going to happen. So that's what we did. And we were thinking about San Diego, but San Diego seemed too expensive. So I remembered that Matt had moved to Boulder and he loves it there. So I thought maybe Boulder, right? You have a beard. You could live in Boulder. I could, right? Yeah, I'm suitably hipster enough. So we actually took a a trip out to Boulder, and we toured some apartments, and I love Boulder. Like, I fell in love with the place. But Boulder is probably more expensive than San Diego. It's Mm. crazy. Oh, wow. And Anna's like, why don't we just go down to Denver for a day and check out some apartments there? And I was pretty sad on Boulder because I was like, I don't want to be in a huge city. But then we went down there and friggin' loved it. Just like bike paths everywhere and the traffic is not that bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not like New York traffic. Dude, so how so. do you quantify this though? Right? Because there's like a lot of emotions. Yeah. And yeah. So what I think you need to do is you've got to make a priority list and kind of assign value scores to every item on your list. Uh, and you have to be realistic about the kind of life you live. Because I've seen a lot of people think about like the hypotheticals, mm-hmm. you know, things that, oh, man, if I went to Boulder, I would ski all the time or, you know, comparing cities on stuff you don't really do. Like, man, the drum circle culture in Asheville, North Carolina is so much better than it is in Seattle. <laughs> and I would just ask you, like, do you actually go hang out in drum circles? I'm not going to judge you if you do. That sounds pretty cool, actually. And you might do it even if you don't do it now. Like, I'm not going to say you won't. But are you going to hold hypothetical stuff that you haven't really done or proven to yourself that you like over the things you really do and really value? So just kind of think about that when you're making a priority list. Mm. So my personal priority list, I run my own business. So uh, I will tell you one of the big priorities that was kind of holding me off from Colorado is they didn't let you be an Amazon affiliate. 
Yeah, that's that's a like, game changer right there for Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm gonna lose a big re- it's not a big revenue stream, but it's a decent revenue stream that comes in every month just by moving. Well, February of this year, I think it was, they changed the law. So mm. now you can be an Amazon affiliate. So that kind of that was gone. My business is totally good to move to Colorado. Great. State taxes are lower there. Uh, my personal things that I wanted, I wanted lots of hipster coffee shops. I wanted cool bookstores. I wanted it to be dense and walkable because I live in a really boring suburban neighborhood right now. And the nearest mm. business is a mile away. Uh, but I also wanted it to be drivable So, because I, I want to keep my car. Um, I wanted it to be bike and skateboard friendly. I need an ice rink because I figure skate. I do that. I don't want to stop doing that. And the big one is I wanted really sunny weather because I love being outside. And this is what knocked Portland off the list and Seattle too. I wanted a good sized community of entrepreneurs. There's a small one here. I wanted a bigger one. Uh, and I wanted a place where I would have at least one friend. Mm. I kind of want to say like one, like it's awesome to have a friend there. I think a lot of times people move because of a job, whatever they can't. But I want to say that even if you do have a friend there, like I don't think that it's, uh, a good idea to rely on that because shit changes no. people and I almost feel like if you have nothing like so you're not going to be in the same area as Matt so you'll have your own like need to build up your social group and yeah, I- you know uh, the best time to do is when you have to and not when you're comfortable yeah I don't want to say you know move to a city where your best friends are and then just stay in your comfort zone because obviously a move is a great opportunity to get out of your comfort zone and mm. expand it but uh you know, doing the kind of work I do, being an entrepreneur, like being a YouTuber kind of thing, it's just kind of cool to have somebody there who mm. I know I can kind of commiserate with. And then, uh, like I said, varied terrain. I've always wanted mountains and stuff so I can ski. And I'm not moving for weed. Everyone's <laughs> always like, oh, Colorado, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you sound like South Park there. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll talk to you in a year and we'll see um, what your story is. But. Well, I'm not saying I will never smoke weed mm. if it's legal. I'm just not moving there for weed. Mm. Like I, I have almost no interest in it for the most part. Uh, so those are my personal ones, but I think there's some kind of more important ones that are more general mm. and big one you got to think about is what is my job industry like in this city? So are there even jobs for what I do in the city I'm looking at? Oh my God. And then I, I want to maybe deviate, on, deviate on that slightly. So I'm in tech and um, everyone in New York is like, oh, Silicon Valley is where all the jobs are. Uh, I have a really good friend who moved there. Uh, he used to work with me on my team, and he's now at Facebook, which is like, oh, my God, you work for Facebook. That's the coolest thing ever. Like, um, He's now a cog in this huge machine. He's one of the umpteen million engineers doing the exact same thing. They totally made him pluggable. He's not important anymore. Mm-hmm. And he and he is getting like commodity salaries, making less than he did in New York. So you have to kind of consider maybe broadly um, if you're needed. You know, are there, are there too many yeah. of you? That's actually a really good point. So you got to think about what's the job availability like in terms of the companies that are there, but also will they need me and do I stand out enough to, you know, outcompete all the other people that might be moving there. Denver's got a huge influx of people. You know, it's a destination city. It's a city of transplants. If I were going there trying to get a job, uh, I might be thinking a little bit harder about it. But, you know, for me, I'm just transitioning my business from one location to the other. And that's not an issue for Anna. 
it is potentially because if she decides to get a job, well, now she's competing with every graphic designer in Denver. Mm. I don't know what that market's like. So I'm going to imagine bigger than Iowa. But oh, I also imagine the demand is bigger than Iowa. Yeah, so bigger demand, but bigger supply as mm. well. So you got to think about that. Um, think about the you know the possibility that you could be a big fish in a little pond as long as there's opportunities. If anybody listened to my interview with the guy who ran a coffee shop in St. Louis, mm. uh, he blew my freaking mind because he was talking about where he just opened his latest location is in this crazy new building where all these startups are coming in. And he's like, yeah, St. Louis is surprisingly kind of a, a, a really burgeoning hub of startup culture and tech jobs. Hmm. I think they're getting a Facebook, they're getting a Google. Like you wouldn't think of St. Louis as kind of a place for that, but it's really up and coming and Boulder is too. So you don't have to immediately think I'm a programmer. I need to go to San Francisco, uh, San Francisco. Hmm. Just be, you know, keep that in mind in your research process. You know, what's it going to be like? Also, this is the other big one. What's the cost of living like? That's the huge one. City versus where you live now. And uh, will you have to downgrade your current lifestyle? Or will the salary that you end up getting be better than what you're making now, assuming you're moving to a more expensive place? Which mm. I think happens for younger people, at least, it seems to be what happens. Because... I don't know, at least in my case, and a lot of people I know, you go to this smallish town college and then everyone wants to move to a big metropolitan area where all the cool jobs and the cool bars and all that stuff is, and it's more expensive. And I, I think one of the things that people maybe don't uh, foresee or, or remember, it's like the, the thing you want to forget, is you're moving, the cost of living is maybe a little higher, and you're like, well, that's fine, you know, I'll make a little bit more, or I'll spend less. But there's an enormous amount of expenses just to make the move. Yeah. I mean, the broker fees, security deposit, moving companies, blah, 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 all these things. And then if you're going to increase your standard of living, you have to have money on top of all those savings. Mm-hmm. So definitely something to consider. And that's something we'll talk about a little bit, but you definitely mm-hmm. want to have a moving budget. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay for if you're hiring a company to move you or even just the U-Haul, all this stuff, the gap in income if you are spending a few weeks without a job because you're transitioning so dude how did you compare standard of living it's like pretty you know nebulous it seems there yeah there are actually several standard of living comparison sites so the one i used is on numbeo.com that's n-u-m-b-e-o and we'll link to it in the show notes uh they have a cost of living comparison so i put in des moines and denver and what I got was that I would need $4,837 every month to maintain the same standard of living that I would have on $4,000 a month in Des Moines. So basically, I need to make an extra 830 bucks every month to pay for the same standard of stuff. And uh, especially, and I think the big one you have to look at is the rent prices. In Denver, the rent is like astronomically higher than what it is here. Dude, so from Hoboken, so in Hoboken... All right, so if I went to Denver, I would need 4,841, or I need 5,900 in Hoboken. Oh, my God. And, but the only thing in Denver that is more expensive than it is in Hoboken are restaurant prices, which blow my mind because they're super, yeah. I'm trying to think of if, I, if that's true or not. We went to a sushi place in Denver that I would say competes with or was more expensive than the sushi that we got mm-hmm. in Hoboken. Um, but when I went there with Anna and Ashley and Martin, we actually ate pretty cheap. So I think it depends on where you go. Mm. You know, in the, what you guys pay for 
restaurant prices are just blows my mind. What's well, more expensive? <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's ridiculous. Numbio says it will blow your mind. Two point seven eight percent more in Denver. Oh my god! Yeah, but here we go. Your rent prices in Denver are thirty three percent lower than in Hoboken. Mm. So I'm sitting here. You know, the rent prices in Denver are seventy percent higher than they are in Des Moines. But even still, Hoboken is 30% more expensive than that. So, oh my mm. God, man, you're paying crazy prices. But yeah, you got to know about that. Uh, another thing. You have to make LaCroix money to live here, dude. Make that LaCroix money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Balling with my bubbles. Also, sh- uh, you should look at the tax and fee differences. So uh, the state taxes, like I said, are lower in Colorado than they are in Iowa, which is awesome. I think it's like flat four something percent in Colorado, where as in Iowa, you get up to eventually the like last bracket is 8.9% or something like that. Mm. So nice little tax cut there. Okay. So you compare your co- your standard of living. Things like vehicle registration are mm. higher. So you got to think about little things like that, you know? Mm. And then if you've got kids, you got schools, you got daycare costs. There's a whole extra set of considerations to deal with when you have kids. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting uh, was your whole forums piece. Yeah, because you you read online. You like if you don't live there, you want to find out you know what it's like. And uh, I, I mean, you you said um, people will try and make you not move because they're afraid you're gonna like steal their job or something. And oh yeah yeah yeah. So I, thought, I found that fascinating. I mean, I believe it to be at- true with this stuff like i one of the easiest ways to distract me from my work mm. is to get me thinking about denver because city <laughs> city dash data i think it's dot org mm. let me just fact check myself really quick uh nope sorry city data.com so city dash data.com they have if you put any city in their database you get to see a ton of just stats on everything you think of weather data crime data population Male versus female breakdown. So maybe you don't want to move to Menver if you're looking for a girl. I don't know. Or Man Diego. I, I've heard all these. I, I thought you said Menver. San Francisco. Yeah, well, they've called it that because there's like more dudes in Denver and there's more dudes in San Francisco because all the it's like tech hub and there's not very good gender representation in that uh, industry. So there's all these things you can look up in uh, city data, but also their forums are what I think are the most useful part of that site. Mm. Because basically, any question you have about the city is probably going to be in a city data forum post or in a city-specific subreddit. So you can go to reddit.com slash r slash Denver if you want to read up on that. Uh, There's also, surprisingly, discussions on Yelp about things. Hmm. Uh, I was informed pretty well about the neighborhoods in Denver from Yelp. So that was pretty cool. Um, another cool thing about city data forums specifically is they have a very active city comparison forum. So if you type in, well, if you type in Denver versus Seattle, you're going to get football. But if you type in Denver versus Seattle living into Google, you're going to get a bunch of different threads and any, any two cities. Uh, but the bigger, the bigger the cities, the more comparisons you'll get. I thought you're going to be like, you still get football, but if you go to page three, (laughs) (laughs) football's everywhere. Uh, if you know you put living on there, you're going to get that. And then you can just, you can just kind of get a feel for, you know, what, what are these people saying about each city and kind of, how does that match my expectations? And this is where I wanted to talk about why you need to be aware that a lot of people on the forums are either 
wary of newcomers for stupid reasons, like you said, like they're going to take my job. And especially in Denver, you get these negative people who are just saying there are too many people moving into Denver. They're destroying the housing market. I was here first. And it's so hypocritical because almost no one in Denver is a native. FreshBooks is super simple cloud accounting software. They're helping over 5 million small service-based business owners conquer their admin and paperwork in a lot less time with way less stress. FreshBooks makes it easy to customize your invoices and highlight your brand. You can add your own logo, set your payment terms, and even personalize your thank you emails. If a client forgets to pay you on time, FreshBooks will handle the awkwardness for you with customizable late payment reminders. There's also a super handy deposit feature so you can invoice for a payment up front when you're kicking off a project. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Dude, how do you prepare? Okay, so once you have your short list, if you can, it is really good if you can make an exploratory trip to kind of like your top one or maybe even top two cities. Mm. There's nothing that replaces going there and experiencing it for yourself. So if you can get a few days, make a road trip or fly out, get an Airbnb. And I really recommend Airbnb because it feels like you're living in the city. Actually, yeah, that's a good. We, we always do it when we go on vacation. It's the best because you feel like a local Um, you have to Airbnb it. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. And it's cheaper. So recently myself, Anna, Martin, and Ashley, we're all planning on moving to Denver together. We road trip there. It's a 10 hour drive and we got an Airbnb right in the heart of downtown. Really good price. Actually. Mm. I think between the four of us, it was, uh, it was like 35 bucks per night per person. Hmm. So super cheap. Um, Anna and I slept on an air mattress, but I don't care about that. And it was awesome just walking out into downtown Denver every single morning. You feel like you're living in an apartment. I mean, the dude gave us access to his Netflix and it was amazing. Like I actually felt like I was living there. So that's a really good way to kind of get a feel for what it's like to live there. And from there, you want to set up tours and stuff. Uh, if you can do tours, do tours. And I'm, I've got that kind of in the next uh, one of the next sections. So let's move into preparing. So... With preparing, I think you need to make a plan so you can do everything in manageable chunks because I've been in a situation before where everything has to be done in three days. And that's awful. So what we're doing now is we know we're moving in nine months so we can create a plan for certain things to be done well ahead of time. Uh, Martin literally already got rid of all the stuff he wants to get rid of. And that was a project he's been working on for the past, I think, month. I think that's a huge thing, just selling your old shit. Yeah. Um, so, and it costs money to move it. Why, you know, why lug it along with you? And why deal with the stress of dealing with all the stuff you don't want a month before you move? You're going to have so many other things on your plate. So if you know you're moving six months from now, start decluttering now. Do a garage sale, sell on Poshmark or, or Craigslist or wherever, you know, what do we call those things? Sharing economy sites, mm. you know? Yeah. Get involved <laughs> in the sharing economy, get rid of your stuff, pare down your life. And, uh, also start packing in earnest more than three days before you move. 
Um, you also want to be able to tell your friends and family you're moving ahead of time so they know and so you can actually hang out with them, spend quality time. Oh, dude, the biggest preparing hack that Laura and I did, uh, boxes are stupidly expensive. And I mean, we have like a lot of stuff. We have books. Just go drive around, walk around your neighborhood. Everyone has Amazon boxes outside. <laughs> and there are amazing boxes to move with. Uh, I, I want to say we saved like probably $100 or more just yeah. taking old boxes. What I always did as a college student is my friends and I would go to the grocery store at 3 a.m. when the night stock people were stocking the shelves. And we just walk in because it's a 24-hour store. And we'd say, hey, can we have some of those boxes? And we just scored tons of boxes. <laughs> they just recycle them all. Now, you can't do it at Walmart. Don't go to Walmart. Don't go to Target because they specifically like their boxes literally say, do not give away recycle. Walmart takes seriously their box recycling money savings, whatever. Mm. But your local 24 hour grocery store, they'll probably give you boxes. I don't care. So that's how I did it. So you also want to tell your landlord that you're going to be moving if you rent just so they're not assuming you're going to renew. And I guess you have to ask them about breaking your lease. You mean I mean, for us, we're literally waiting until the end of the lease, but you may be breaking your lease ahead of time. Uh, and maybe you can negotiate something like that if you do it ahead of time. For instance, I know at our old place, I think you were on the hook for the entire value of the lease if you lived early. But if it's a small enough place, maybe you could negotiate and say, hey, if I find someone to replace me, or actually, duh, I'm not even thinking correctly, subleasing. If you think about this early enough, you can find a subleaser to take your place. But if it's like oh, true story. move, then it's going to be pretty tough for you to find a subleaser juggling everything. Mm. Else. Uh, and honestly, I think like just make an Evernote notebook or some kind of centralized folder where you shove anything task related, little details, anything related to your move that you think of. Just put it there. Dude, on that note, like if you're moving, um, I, I think definitely think subleasing is, is one thing. But if it's because of a job, like you got to make the company pay. Mm, okay, so how do you do that? Uh, do you ask? You just ask. I mean, you, you just tell them like I'm moving. Like you have to help me out. Like I, like I can't afford. It. Like I actually can't move because I can't afford it. Like you need to comp my moving and broker fee or what? You just negotiate. Throw some ideas out. So I mean, finding a job is in our next section. Uh, let's do it now. Should you ask them to comp your relocation fees before you're offered the job or after? Uh, after. Okay. So, so it's like um, once like you, you know, say you have like a job and, you know, like you're trying to get a job and uh, you agree on the salary and they're like, all right, you're hired. And then you negotiate, like, you know, your vacation days or, you know, you get into, like, the weeds. You don't tell them that, well, I have to work from home one day a week and I need to, before they, because they'll never accept you. Okay. I read somewhere that it would be good when you're looking for a job and you're not living in the new place yet to put on your resume and your cover letters relocating to city mm. in date. So, relocating, uh, so relo uh, I can't say words. Relocate <laughs> to Denver in April 2017 would be like on my resume as my location. So because be I, th I think they will know that you have to relocate because when you're trying to schedule the interview, you're like, well, I have to fly in or whatever. And yeah. And I think certain companies are willing to find someone who lives at a state as long as that person is willing to relocate. But maybe other companies are 
you know, they're not, they haven't thought about the task of relocating someone. So maybe they're looking for somebody local. And if you're out of town applying, they want to know that, uh, okay, you're going to be in town. We're not just interviewing somebody who's totally out of state. And then maybe once you've demonstrated why you're the absolute best candidate at that point, you can negotiate getting help with relocation. Cause I think a lot of companies hadn't probably haven't thought about that yet. Mm. So yeah. So th- that's actually step three is securing a place to live and finding a job. Um, and I went, I put finding a place to live first. So I think you kind of have two options in this regard. You have option one, which I call the Matt Givanesi method because this is what <laughs> uh, Matt and Stephanie, his girlfriend, they got rid of everything they owned, um, packed literally everything left in his Honda Civic and they drove across the country from New Jersey to Boulder. Mm-hmm. And then what they did is they got an Airbnb and they lived in that Airbnb for, I think, two months while they were looking for places to live. And that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, on the pro side, you get time to really get a feel for the neighborhoods. You get to vet a lot of options. You get to be really picky about where you live. Mm. And the whole process is just much more leisurely because you're in the town. You're kind of like living the day-to-day of that. The cons, though, an Airbnb for two months, paying a nightly rent could be pretty expensive. So you could usually negotiate a monthly um, yeah. instead of... Like I think they would be just as happy to be like, ah, oh, I don't have to deal with every weekend or five, you know. That's true. So I guess if, if you could get it down to near what a month at a real apartment would cost, mm. you know, like, hey, dude, I'll literally just take care of a month rent at your apartment and I'll clean and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could probably do that. But you also have to find a place for all your stuff. So like I said, Matt and Stephanie had basically no stuff, so it was not hard for them. Uh, my case will be very different. We will have a huge U-Haul full of stuff. Anna has a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. And Airbnb method's not going to fly. If you wanted to do it that way, you would have to rent storage, you know, and put all your stuff in a storage garage or something. So uh, the other one is just to get the place locked down before you move. And I think that's the more realistic option for most people. And I think the mindset you should have when you do something like this is I'm going to do my research. I'm going to do the best I can, but obviously I'm not there. I can't get a perfect idea for what the place is going to be like. So I'm not considering this to be like locked in stone, my perfect permanent abode that will always be in. It's this is the apartment that gets me into the city Mm. where I start my new life. If I don't like it, I can move. It's only a year. Yeah. And it could be less. I mean, you usually pay more per month for shorter leases. But at least in Denver, every place I've seen, you have options ranging from a three-month lease to a 13-month lease. Mm. Now, you pay, a, you pay a premium for taking a three-month lease. Right. Month, but you could almost do the Airbnb option for three months. And look, if you look at like the rent price, you, you look at like commute, what the commute looks like. And you make sure like people aren't getting shot in the face, like right outside, like that area. I don't think you're going to do that bad. And then you could move to the ultra hipster location next year. So, but I mean, I know a lot of people want to do the research and hopefully find a place they like first try. So ask about neighborhoods. You can go back to city data. You can go back to Yelp, Reddit, neighborhood maps exist. And uh, they will often, people will tell you, you know, what's this neighborhood good for in terms of like the age of the average person, there, style of living, the expensiveness of the rent there. And uh, the other location, or the other thing you have to factor in is the distance to your work. Cause that's going to define how long your commute is. Mm. So commutes suck. 
So try to find a neighborhood that matches all those factors as best as uh, as best as you can, and then start looking for places. Which Apartments.com and Zillow are the places that I've always checked. I don't know. Are there other ones besides those that are good? Uh, there's there was something called Padmapper. It like goes across uh, Craigslist. I think that's pretty awesome. That's right. Yeah, and I suppose Craigslist itself is a thing. Mm. So, but the interface isn't the best, but it does work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we found the place that, or the few places that we were looking at and toured on Apartments.com. So that's the one that I recommend the most. I think it's pretty good, but it doesn't have everything. So, oh, I didn't put this down, but hmm. in Denver and Boulder, there are services that you can call. I forget what they're called, but Matt used this one. They find places for you. So you call them, you tell them what you're looking for. They will find it, and the property owner pays. You don't pay. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, just do that, and then show up, you know, to your Airbnb for a week. See, like, every place. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then when you're doing that, if you can, make a short list of apartments you like, call ahead of time, and ask about doing tours. This is either if you can do the exploratory trip before you move or if you can do the Airbnb method or if you do the short rent lease method. Tours are amazing. And when you're on tours, you can ask lots of questions, which you should ask about um, income requirements. You should ask about HOA stuff. Is there Mm -hmm. an HOA? Are there crazy rules? Usually you don't pay the HOA, though. Usually the the landlord pays that. I just ask about like the rules. Like the HOA says, "Oh, you can never play music in your apartment. The walls are paper thin. We mm. can hear your iPhone headphones." Like, just make sure it's not a crazy HOA. Right, and right. A lot of times these things are found out in hindsight, but it never hurts to ask. Uh, ask about pets if you got pets. Mm. Ask DIY stuff if you care to nail things into the wall or you want to paint the walls. We asked about that in some of the places we toured, and they were like, "Yeah, you can paint a wall yourself," uh, and we don't care about nails. Other places they don't want nails. Like the place I live in right now. And, oh, you can't make uh, holes in your wall now? Not anymore, no. Damn. At first, like our house got transferred from one property management company to the other, and the first one mm. didn't care at all. So I have been nail holes everywhere. And then the new one, their contract said, like, don't put any nail holes in the walls. So I had to call them and say, well, I already have a bunch. So <laughs> let's amend the contract to put no more nail holes in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Not my fault. Um, But anyway, you also want to ask about extra charges. So do they charge for parking? Do they charge for second car parking? If you're going to be bringing two cars, you know, if you have two Mm. people in your family, uh, extra charges for storage or pet fees, just make sure you know how much it's actually going to cost you. Um, And then there's the big question, right? Which is how early should I sign a lease based on when I'm going to move? Some places you sign it and then there's a move in date. Boom, you're good. Other places, and this is going to happen if like it's a for rent by just a dude owning a place. Mm. Uh, say there's a place you really want. You're moving in April. Uh, it's February now, and you're really worried it's going to be taken up because it's great, great price, great location. You may have to pay double rent. That's true. And it yeah, that happens. Uh, my my friend like, has to do that now. That, that sucks. Yeah, it really does. And uh, one little tiny thing I wrote down here was research how well your cell phone is going to work in the new place. Mm. I have read that currently. Who's your provider now? Verizon? Verizon. So oh, I yeah. really don't have much to worry about anywhere. Verizon's got the best network. We, we have AT&T with unlimited data. So I think like even if we have no service, we just like can't leave. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty nice. 
Um, you got to call your utility providers and make sure that it's set up to be canceled the day you move or the day after you move, maybe. So you're not paying for internet and water and sewage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say just make a big task list in your to-do manager of all these things, but make a sub list of all the addresses you're going to need to change. Because I was surprised at how many addresses I had to change. Uh, you got credit card addresses, you got debit cards, you have online shipping addresses. There's tons of those. Uh, also, I don't want to in- introduce any more steps of complexity into the postal system than I have to. Uh, so, okay, so <laughs> I, I know you you would want to reach out and, and change all of them. Uh, I was, we were reading your thing before uh, we went on, and oh, you... Yeah, and you added a thing. By law, you have to contact the county treasurer of your current location within 30 days of your move to notify them you moved. I don't yeah. think anyone ever did that, like ever, in the okay. history of... <laughs> that is true. Uh, most people don't actually do it, and usually don't get in trouble, but it's still a law. You're like, I bet you if you call your county like treasure and you're like hey i moved they're like can you hold on one second they put you in hold like oh my god can you, someone just called me to let me know they moved you believe this guy and they they, they unmute it and they're like thank you very much sir and they just hang up on you thank you for- <laughs> every We're- citizen does this <laughs> thank you we will take no action click <laughs> gosh so i had an entire to-doist project for this so checks uh my 401k thing Betterment, health insurance, dental insurance. But yeah, just change your addresses. Don't be lazy. Uh, Call your insurance providers and you need to see if your coverage crosses state lines. If your new city has doctors in your insurance network, etc. If not, you might have to change your plan. So think about that. And jump on renter's insurance. If you're renting, like that's really, that's big. You're like, what are the chances that my my place is going to burn down and destroy all my stuff in the first week that I'm there? Like, (laughs) I don't know, dude, but if you lose, if it happens, like, I guess it's pretty high. Don't do it. Yeah. You can get your health insurance, your renter's insurance through your car insurance a lot of times, which is cool. So I just got mine through Geico Uh, a couple weeks before you move. Make sure utilities are set up at your new place because if you move and you have no internet and no water, you're not going to be a happy camper. Hmm. That's not fun. Uh, I would recommend hiring someone to clean your old place if you're renting. Yes. Because, okay, I'm sure some people out there are clean freaks and they could do a perfectly good job, but I wouldn't do a good enough job to get my deposit back. Hmm. I would just be like, screw this. So... I'm going to pay someone like 150 bucks to clean my place and get my $500 deposit back or however much money it is. Laura strangely oh. enjoys these things. So she just, you know, okay. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I've got a room. <laughs> I hate cleaning. Mm, no, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, have a going away party. Oh yeah. Have an epic going away party with your friends. Uh, give everyone your new address. Except for I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to give 280,000 people my new address. But some people will get it. You Friend. don't know 280,000 people. No, I, I meant like everyone. I, I was thinking like subscribers. Like, hey, guys, I moved. To- I, I saw the number and I was like, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to mention how many YouTube subscribers he has. How many subscribers do you have, Thomas? <laughs> how many? <laughs> I, I probably inflated that. I think it's like 270 something. Mm. Or maybe I deflated it. Now I don't know. Oh, I deflated it. Yep. Actually, it's like a million, you know. I was a little, I was being modest, actually. <laughs> All right. It's like 1.2 million subscribers. Just took the one off there. 
<laughs> so do your final packing. Um, and I think it's a really good idea to have number one, a box or a bag of essential stuff that you might need. Mm. Like a box you label, like open this first. So, well, you, you will have that. You will have the open this first box, but I think there should be a box or bag of just stuff that you literally keep in the car with you or the U-Haul if you're driving the U-Haul. Oh, yeah, like your laptop. So, and Like your laptop, like a toolkit. Mm. Just like there's always going to be some things where you think, oh, fuck, I need that for last minute moving preparations. And then it's in a box somewhere. So just when you're packing, obviously your plates and stuff, you don't need that right away. But a toolkit, you're probably going to need it for something. So keep that. So wait, what, what's in your essential list? Like lap co- laptop, toolkit, laptop, toolkit. Um, just make sure you have you probably if you have like papers or something mm. that are important, keep those at hand or digitize them in Evernote. Lube lube for i don't know if if like your couch doesn't fit in the door i don't know what you were thinking but <laughs> that's exactly what I was <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we are finally at step five which is what to do when you get there and uh my first suggestion is to try really hard to set your move up in a way that gives you a few free days. Oh yeah, you can't start work like the next day or whatever. Like, I'm sorry, it's gonna take you days to get your shit in order to yep. make your house like live your place livable. And I mean, it happens. I have had moves. I think one of my summer jobs in college, I had to move one day and start work the very next day at 6 a.m. That wasn't fun. Uh, but if you're moving to a new city, it's even less fun because you don't even know where you're going. So just try to give yourself a few days free to set your place up and to explore a little bit, just to chill you know, reset everything. Uh, you got to do some boring admin stuff. So you already talked about the bylaw with mm. the county treasurer of your current location. You got to help me moving and you want to apply for a new driver's license and a new vehicle registration as soon as you can. Mm. And then just go explore your city and go get involved in stuff as soon as possible. Don't have a comfort zone. Like it's really easy to move to a new city and then be lonely. So if you can find a sport you like, or a club you like, or meetups, go to meetup.com, find something cool looking, get out there and start building new relationships and start rebuilding your network. Cause you don't want to like be in a new city and just go to work and then come home and watch Netflix. Like that's yeah. That's All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's that episode. Uh, eventually we'll do one on, on long distance job searching. Cause I think that's, mm kind of a special subset of the job search process so maybe your dad can help us with it or or i definitely think that we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of this job searchy thing because i realized we we haven't really done anything on that and i think it's kind of like an art yeah we have two episodes i think on it on Uh, on finding and it's like very high level yeah we have the what is it where is it we have the how to find the awesome job episode and then we have the interview with Adrian Larson. Hmm. I think it was from The Muse. Yeah, that was an awesome episode. That was a good episode. So we can have those in the show notes. I've got a few episodes on my podcast. Speaking about, uh, about Adriana, she's featured on our brand spanking new show page. Oh, yeah. It is super sexy. It is. I do like the new show page. If you go to listenwhymatters.com slash show, you can marvel in my CSS-ness. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, did you literally put like the overview and latest episodes links on top of the podcast player no um after we hang up i will tell you my secrets because i can literally move the player head over those links which is kind of interesting anyways 
<laughs> all right, guys. So that's all we have for this episode. Check out the new show page. Also, check out our toolbox over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox, where you can find apps, books, money management resources, all that kind of crap. And also, you can join our community of money nerds over at listenmoneymatters.com slash join. And I would like to leave a review because some awesome people out there leave us reviews, and we love them. Um, this is from Tony Asterisk 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 22. And the title of the review is Jabronis, but awesome. And it's five <laughs> stars. These guys are East Coast Jabronis, but I used to be a stockbroker and all their advice is on point. Check it out. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> guessing he only listened to the old episodes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You're an Iowaroni. Iowaroni. I'm a macaroni. Beef aroni. Anyways. On that note, thanks for listening, guys. Andrew, I'll see you next week. Take it easy. Later, dude. Later. Please tell your friends about this show. Special thanks goes out to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. She works hard for the money. Dun, dun, dun. So hard for the money. <laughs>